0: Like I, you can see, I mean, I I know that I can take a look at a PNL, and I know I know when a dealer, when I know when a service department's healthy, you know, meaning yeah. that they're being intentful, you know, that they are clearly have goals and objectives. There's a consistent line of growth, but nothing that's and look, the funny thing in the service department, We're not looking for these big mountains and valleys, right? We're looking for just good old fashioned clean, consistent growth. Correct.
1: Yeah, correct. Absolutely correct. And, and to, to do that, you need to look at your, your competitive environment also. I mean, who are you competing against and, and what are the sort of customers that you want to retain? I mean, you, you have you have all of the, the cards, right? So, you know, play them right.
0: Good morning and welcome to another exciting episode of the Coffee with Jason podcast. On today's episode, Jason is chatting with Henrik Yanner. They'll be jamming about maximizing on your data, its collection, and how to use it in your marketing efforts. Settle in for some fresh brews and even fresher strategies with your host, Jason Harris. After this quick message from our sponsor. For freshly brewed discussion on automotive sales and marketing, this is Coffee with Jason. The Coffee with Jason podcast is sponsored by Closers Coffee. For that full-bodied, rich, sweet flavor with a bright acidity, drink Closers Coffee, stay caffeinated, and keep on closing. Find out more at closerscoffee.ca. Hey, everyone out there, Podcast Nation. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Coffee with Jason. Now, the guest that I have tonight is going to need a cup of coffee because right now it is 11 o'clock where he is from, and I will let him tell everybody where he's from, a little bit of background, but I'd like to introduce you to Henrik. Henrik, if you want to take a moment, just kind of introduce yourself to the audience a little background, and then we'll just go ahead and get started here.
1: So, hi, everybody. It's, it's Henrik. Uh, I'm from Finland, so the time is actually 11 o'clock at night here. Uh, I have uh, I have consumed a lot of coffee, so I'm, I'm very caffeinated, uh, as you can imagine. So, if I start becoming uh, incoherent, Jason, please I'll, I'll talk really to me. You. No yeah.
0: problem. I can do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so, and, so and my I, name is Eric, and let's just yeah, let's begin the discussion. I mean, yeah. If you want to just give us just that
0: quick background of just kind of how you got started in the industry, I know we got a chance to talk a little bit after you know or before we started this. Um, you know, you spent some time on the road. You know, just yeah, If you can kind of give us that quick intro. That'd be great.
1: Okay. So yeah, that's a that's a good question. So I'm basically I'm a consultant um, and. My, my career started back in i guess uh 2007 about that's when i started uh, consulting so i haven't um, i haven't exclusively consulted uh, automotive companies but for some reason uh, being where i'm from uh it was either you know the, the paper industry the forest industry or then automotive so i was the automotive or forestry guy probably picked Uh, a good one (laughs) yeah and so so for some for some reason i i I got involved with auto so uh during those early years uh i consulted a lot with uh budgeting systems uh so my best friend was the uh, controller or the the cfo at the dealership uh and did a lot of work there with the financial processes and so on and then uh, i decided i wanted to take a look at at the uh customer side of things and, and basically customer data warehousing and, and uh, customer analytics. Those are topics that I was really interested in. So I, I switched jobs and then instead of doing uh, like 10 to 20 dealer groups, I did one to two really large ones. So yeah, that's how I then transitioned over to, to more of the uh, marketing side uh, of, of, of the dealer business. Um,
0: so, okay. Yeah. You know, we had a chance to talk a little bit earlier before we started the live here and, uh, we got to talk about the service department, which is just the f- whole fixed ops area of the dealership has got so much of my love. I mean, for the part of the dealership that generates well over 50% of the gross profit, yet only gets 5% of the actual marketing efforts mm-hmm. always kind of draws a little tear to my eye when I see <laughs> that happen. Uh, especially when there's just so much bloody opportunity out there, right? Yeah. And yeah. and and I don't think it matters on what part of the world you're in. It, it, it's still the it's still the same thing. You know, the there's that division between the front of the dealership and to the back of the dealership. And it seems just like all of our efforts or so many of our marketing dollars are go constantly going into just new car acquisition, new customer acquisition, new car acquisition. It's just on and on and on and on. Yet where we actually make our profitability is in the back. So, you know, let's, let's get the conversation started there and we can start talking strategy about helping out that service department, bringing them some more money.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good starting point. And I think, you know, uh, maybe, uh, well, this isn't an academic discussion, so we're just gonna, we're, we're gonna jam. So uh, um, basically if we start with strategy, if you want, if you want to, let's say a customer centric strategy, where you focus on, on the whole customer life cycle, or that whole lifetime at the dealership uh, where you get the regularity is in the service department right so that's where you get the the patterns that you can use for marketing uh and and the, the tactics so whether it's acquisition you look at the kind of customers you want to bring in that you can retain that bring value right and then when you look at the retention tactics you you get to see that okay Regular service—it comes back at certain intervals. Uh, they're quite easy to, well, not easy, but they are quite um, periodic. So you get to to forecast them, and you get to calculate a lot of cool metrics that you can use, and then win back as well because you've you've had the customer, uh, you've had that relationship, you have the data, and you can do something on the win back side as well, and. Of course, you have uh, menu selling and stuff like that. So you could do, you could be a bit creative and do like shopping basket analysis and stuff like that. Service, the service department doesn't have to be boring. I, I think, I guess, uh, the, the glitzy part, the, the selling of the, the cars and the products and all of that stuff, that's, that's cool. Don't get me wrong, but service department is pretty cool too. Yep, absolutely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think what the key word is you use the word data. Right. I mean, when we talk about data points within a dealership, I mean, yes, there's some data points up front, but, you know, there are some dealerships, you know, it's a 50-50 if we're actually measuring those data points up front or not. Right. But when it comes to the service department, the fixed ops department, I mean, we measure everything <laughs> i mean we, we we know our productivity levels we know our effective labor rates we know our profitability on every single minute that we are open behind in the back in the back in the service department right so it's i think what it is for a lot of strategies when it comes to the service department you know for people that are listening or watching to this is you know what data, there's so much data, you know, what data should they start to look at so they can start to formulate a good strategy for their dealership?
1: That's right. And that's where a good strategy comes in, right? That's because the strategy should tell you, this is the data we should look at mm-hmm. and, and this is the data that may be interesting. Okay. Maybe take a look at that later. Right. So uh, if, if you want to, to let's say maximize customer value, you would, integrate your data on the customer. And Mm -hmm. that involves a lot of, you know, quote unquote boring stuff. I don't personally think it's boring. I don't (laughs) either. I get pretty geeky about it. I thoroughly. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. So, I mean, it's, it's all about the strategy, right? So, okay. Profitability is one thing uh, uh, that's very central, how you run and operate a service department. You look at service uh, advisor, uh, efficiency and and, and take efficiency. that's that's one part of the puzzle but the other is you know uh, extracting maximum value from your customers, so that you you profit for the long term that's something i think well, that's that, key, right it's yeah. profit
0: for the long term i mean look at the end of the day we all want to extract as much profitability as possible but there's this fine balance uh of you know extracting enough profitability but at the same time at the same time re- retain you know, maintaining that retention rate you know that's reasonable you know, I and was, i was just at a dealership recently and they were boasting just just boasting just smiling from ear to ear on how much of an increase they increase their, their dollars per work order. But, I was looking at that and they've done this over the course of nine months. Now, when I start to correlate that data to actually their retention levels, you could actually see as they started to increase or kind of go over a certain threshold in their uh, dollars per work order, their retention levels actually started to drop as well. I mean, you might be able to get someone, you know, you you get someone in to come in for that, you know, $1,000 work order. Hey, that's great. But the probability of them coming back again is pretty damn low. (laughs)
1: That's true. Yeah, that's true. And and I guess, you know, you have to have that data, right? So you 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 need to know uh, your retention levels and you need to be able to track them. Now, I don't know, Jason, what it's like in, in, in Canada and it's your customers. Do they track things like this systematically? Let's say if you have a new assignment,
0: mm-hmm. is
1: everything, is that sort of customer lifetimes, lifecycle thinking in place already?
0: You know what, for a lot of the dealer management systems we have here, they do actually a pretty decent job of measuring some of these KPIs, right? Uh, but we do a real crap job at the dealership level of really taking that data and kind of putting it into a strategy. But I want to get your thoughts and opinion on this because I have a theory on why this actually happens. Right. Um, I, my, my theory is the reason that we don't really utilize the data is because we never really had a goal objective truly defined in the first place.
1: Do you, have, do you see the same thing yeah that's true i mean and and okay so if we if we move over to some of the techniques and and the uh, the stuff you use you have everybody's talking about ai and before <laughs> that it was big data and and yada 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 basically it's a it's the same thing it's math or it's statistical mathematics yep it doesn't doesn't matter so you sort of if you're new to it I guess like a dealer would be uh, you you could get blinded by okay is the goal to start then like implementing these as fast as we can or should we try a basic model first and and, and see how that develops and, and and what is our goal so let's say a, a dealer should know what their churn rate is mm-hmm. for the service department it's no question about it. they should know that it should be. They should know that by uh, just looking at the data. And, and if, if they have that answer in the DMS, fine. If they don't, they need to look at the the operations codes in, in the DMS and, and really start looking, looking at regular service. What is that regular service that you need to know? And, and can you look at other op codes as well? Uh, where you have a reason to, to contact the customer and bring them in.
0: So yeah, it- no, no, I agree. I mean, I think for, if we start talking about like daily activities, you know, I mean, I am still amazed on how many uh, single line work orders I see in this industry, uh, which always kind of blows my mind because I don't know of a vehicle that really requires a single line. I mean, we, vehicles aren't designed anymore just to get an oil change. You know, there, there there is definitely more maintenance to it. In fact, a regular maintenance is not a single line work order, yet ah, we're just plagued with this industry of just, it's like almost like acceptance of mediocrity, but the person who actually ends up losing here is actually the customer. You know, it's, it's not, yes, we're losing the profitability, but the customer is the one that's actually losing on the proper maintenance of the vehicle in the first place.
1: That's true. So I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an anecdote. Um, so we're we're in the middle of or it's at end of summer cottage season here in Finland. So yeah. So my father-in-law has a has a cottage, of course, and I get to to travel there. Uh, and it's it's a winding road, and and uh, it, it's not all that good. And my my car's uh, tires are quite old. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm trying to trying to keep them so I can stretch maintain. it out as far as you can <laughs> yeah sure and, and boy did that uh, backfire on me because I got a flat and, and not only did I, did I get a flat but my, my father-in-law helped me then uh, take off the wheel and he looked at my uh my brakes and said you know your brakes are pretty worn I, I wouldn't want my daughter to drive that car man <laughs> and and, and before you know it, you know my wife and 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 her dad are are at the dealership looking at new cars, and I'm like, hey, wait, hold up, hold up. How did so, tires
0: uh, and a brake job turn into a brand new car? <laughs> yeah,
1: that, that's that's amazing. But getting back to my point is is you know I serviced the car at the beginning of the year, and it was quite an extensive service. So why didn't they fix my brake pads at the same time? I mean, come on, guys, it's. Simple. So, I
0: I mean, if we don't present it, we're just doing dis. It's just a disservice to the customer. You know what? There's actually something I've really been interested in. I have not seen this so far on the automotive side, but you do see this in like big, like I have a a brother in law who, uh, big landscaping company, right? So, you know, big, big heavy duty machinery, you know? And uh, with him, it's what's kind of called like a proactive service agreement. You know it's like they know that after you know 120 hours of use on this machine that you know just statistically you know the i don't know for example the the alternator goes okay Mm -hmm. they just know that right yeah so instead of waiting for the alternator to go they just statistically look at how long the part lasts all right and actually proactively replace it which is huge for him because if that machine is down that's a tremendous loss of money. I don't know why with the amount of data that we have, we could not adopt the same type of mentality or philosophy within the automotive industry. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, that's a, I think that's, that's exactly what, what, what this question is about. I mean, your, your customers, if you're a dealer, you have customers that have, they make a lot of money at their jobs, right? So it's a huge inconvenience to bring in the car and, and and have it serviced many times when you can, and 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 another thing, I think there there may be an apprehension uh, about forecasting. It doesn't have to be perfect if it's for marketing. Uh, it has to be actionable. So so you can have a quite a large error uh, around your point forecasts. Sure, but it can be really really useful to to communicate in time. And 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 if you look at the data and you think, okay, well, um, I wonder I wonder when this customer should change tires or come in for an alignment or whatever you should perhaps as a dealership in, the, in, in a service departments specifically always measure the tire thread, yes, something absolutely. like that. So, so don't, don't only think about the stuff you're doing for that service. Think about the data actions you'll need in the mm-hmm. future. Uh, and that may not be obvious. So, I mean, yeah.
0: But that's a perfect example, right? I mean, look, you, do you regularly service at this dealership? Is this your normal place where you go?
1: Yeah, that's, that's where I go.
0: Okay. So, so, I mean, if they were measuring the tire depth every single time that you had gone for each interval, all right, they would be able to recognize quite quickly that, you know, your wear was at a faster pace than what, you know, the average vehicle was. All right. Mm-hmm. Proactively come and saying, Hey, look, you you travel more. Okay, we're seeing it more. All right. <laughs> these tires are wherever you're driving or however you're driving. All right. The tread is coming down faster than normal. Let's be proactive here, right?
1: Yeah, sure. And 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 I think for, for the especially for the older vehicles, right, that have the more expensive services. I, I get that it's tough for dealers to to retain these customers, but that's obviously where you have most of the service history. So yeah. you have intervals. And you have, you have mileage, you have measures that each time they come in for service, right? So, so you, can, you can start calculating like uh, the, the average uh, sort of um, tire uh, um, erosion. I'm using the wrong term and someone will correct me here. Oh, that's but, cool. It works. Um, but, but, you know, things like this. So if, if you use a bit of your imagination, you know, you, you, can, you can do simple or let's say fundamental stuff with the data uh, that you have. Well, yeah, I mean, look,
0: they could even, I mean, if they didn't want to sit down there and actually do the math, you know, like if you go back and ask your technician right now, any technician, anybody who's watching this or listening to this, okay, go back to the service department right now and ask them, you know, what are probably the five most common, you know, big ticket items that have to be replaced? You know, it's like, um, I got a buddy of mine who works at an Audi dealership, all right, and the old 4.2 liter V8s, all right, uh, had a timing chain on it. And almost like clockwork, literally like clockwork at 140,000 kilometers, that timing chain would become an issue. And if it wasn't dressed, could become a catastrophic issue with the engine. You know, well, like if the dealership knows this, the technician knows this. I mean, I just, I, I, I just remember him telling me this story where, you know, a customer called in. And, you know, literally the first question out of the guy's mouth was, how many kilometers do you have on it? He responded, he goes, um, I already know what your problem is. I'll schedule the in right now if you already knew that I was going to have this problem, why the hell am I calling you? You know, why the hell weren't you calling me? You know, I just think, I think in our, and and the cool thing is what we're talking about here is not costing you like money. This is just time, you know, to to be proactive is just time, but the ROI, uh, not only in dollars and gross profit, but also just in customer experience is astronomically high.
1: Yeah, absolutely that's so true and and i mean you don't have to dig deep in the service department to find yeah. themes like this <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I, yeah they all know it right
0: you know it's yeah. like um which i'm trying to think of another one that's real popular well, i got a bunch of chrysler uh, chrysler dealerships i work with and it's like have you ever driven a dodge grand caravan all right um the brakes only last a year it doesn't matter. It's, It doesn't matter how much you drive it. It doesn't matter what you do with it. They will only last a year. That's it. Right. (laughs) But I I think that's one great strategy. And I think that's dealerships using their data, you know, in a way that is just going to bring them huge value. But I know there are a bunch of other strategies. What are some of the stuff that you're usually working with, uh, with your clients?
1: So, so basically what, what we usually look at is, is we look at the churn, right? So we Mm -hmm. look at, uh, Who's at risk? Uh, When when are they at risk?
0: Real quick before I go any further, because I think there are some people listening here that may actually not know what the term turn actually means.
1: Okay. So let's, let's uh, let's take a step back and and let's move out of the the automotive space for a minute. So um, churn is usually something that you look at if you're a a, a large telco. Mm -hmm. So you have a subscription and, and when someone leaves you, the customer quits uh, it's, it's observed. So, I mean, you you can see, uh, from your contracts, okay, that contract is ended. This one is still on and so on. So when you talk about, uh, the service department and, and, uh, and service history, so you, you may have a, a part of the data, you, you may be selling service contracts, where, where churn is is equally observed, right? Yeah. So you get to see, okay, so that service contract ended, they've left, fine. But then you have uh, uh, most of the uh, customer database is such that uh, churn is not observed. Uh, you don't know if, uh, for sure, if if, uh, if a customer has left you or not. Mm-hmm. And in fact, someone may say that, oh you shouldn't use the term churn for, for this kind of stuff but but i'm going to use it anyway cuz sure. as if, if you're a practitioner it's it's a good term to use but so so basically you'd have to estimate from your data whether or not uh, a customer has actually churned based on their previous service history yeah right so 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 that's the challenge once you know that then based on that sort of variable that you put in your uh, marketing database or DMS or or your vendor takes it under their control or whatever. Uh, once you have that, then you can start modeling stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so then you can start modeling. Okay. So we know that the, uh, the, the mileage, uh, the mileage pattern is, is this, and the frequency is this, you you know, the service uh, purchase behavior, you know, stuff like that. And if, if they have, your services uh or or services like yours they'll also have the campaign data so they'll know uh so we made a churn offer this worked this one didn't and so on and you you integrate that into the model and that's really fundamental so if you think about what the major issue is uh for dealerships and i know this is true in the u.s okay they may there may be sort of regional differences but uh their, their customers are leaving. They they come to the service drive and and then you never see them again. That's a huge but,
0: problem. they're so focused on acquisition. I mean, they spend so much time focused on acquisition, and and also when I th- when and to your point before too is is creating these campaigns. And I think it's important that we kind of call it that campaign. Is that you know there are still a tremendous amount of dealerships that when it comes to their uh, service marketing efforts. and a lot of times our sales effort marketing efforts as well is that they believe in this one size fits all crap, you know, like let me send out a discounted oil change to my entire database and I'm going to call that service marketing for some reason, which is crap.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's no good. It's, I know someone said, and, and this is not quite accurate either, but you know, someone said, if you, if you don't, if you don't measure your marketing or if you do a spray and pray like that, you know, you, you may as well call it advertising.
0: <laughs> well, I, but that's actually a good point. Actually, it's yeah. funny that you say that because I've always kind of I've said that a lot. Is that you know, it's like, uh, um, you know, marketing. The difference between marketing and advertising is strategy. You know, you actually have a real goal and objective in mind. You want to define out who your audience is going to be. You know, and then you are going to execute on that. You know, for the service department. Um, I've always recommended service departments to kind of do it this way, right? It's like, uh, I like to create uh, three buckets of customers, you know, and the parameters are quite simple. You know, you, you, your bucket A is a customer that come in for service every single time, no matter what you do. Like, you don't even, you probably don't even have to call them. They're just going to show up and they're going to service. Their, their intervals are consistent, da-da-da-da-da, they're fine, right? Then you got uh, a B bucket. Which they can kind of miss sometimes. They might go to the local shop to get in to do their service. They may not do it at the dealership. You'll find that they're uh, in that bucket. There might be some higher higher mileage stuff as well because you know the warranty's out, whatever it is, right? Then you got your C bucket. These are the customers that you probably haven't seen for 12 months, and they're the ones that are highest at risk of just like you said, turn just falling off. You know, they're just mm-hmm. not going to come back, right? But I mean, for uh, for a service department to understand the really marketing. There's three different very, vari- and, and, there, and there could be more. There's probably well more than three buckets. I just like to simplify this for most service departments. Is that the message for each one of those has to be entirely different? Hmm. You know, yeah. you, you, the the, 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 cost, the a bucket customer, all right. Um, you give them a discount off an oil change, they're going to come in anyways.
1: Yeah, so you're wasting
0: money. Yeah. You're just literally wasting money. So look, I think it's. Uh, We got to start with that goal and objective, but then we also have to start defining out who these audience buckets are, which is what you were kind of getting into.
1: Yeah, sure, and 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 that comes to the the segmentation part, right? But Mm -hmm. I mean, if if we look at the big picture again, say you you're you're you're, uh, a dealership and you're starting to focus on on customer experience, you've spent a huge amount on on a on a new service drive or service facilities. Capital expenditures are huge, and then you know you notice that uh, where are the customers? They're nowhere, and it's hugely expensive. So I think uh, a, a first initial step is actually to look at how much it is costing you when you lose customers, and how much of an of a of a boon or or how much profit you can make. If you manage to reduce churn, even small percentages can make a huge difference when you look at the the sort of whole lifetime value of the customer.
0: Now, when we say turn, there are different points in turn, right? I mean, we could talk about 12-month turn, uh, 24-month, 48-month term. Uh, What would you typically, if you were starting off a dealership, where would you want to focus?
1: Okay, so just I think uh, the the term uh, has been sort of lost over the the long line between us. So yeah. I'm talking about churn, which is attrition. So it's, uh,
0: okay. Okay. I see yeah. what you're
1: saying. Yeah. So when it's when, when they are leaving, whether it's observed for a service contract or, or whether it's not observed as in just normal service. So, I mean, I guess, what do you typically find that range is? Well, well, it sort of depends, right? So you're talking about the buckets. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I'm, I'm just going to jam here. I'm, I'm going to oh, skip. That's cool. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> People are going to be so annoyed because I'm just skipping and, and being sort of, not being really uh, consequential here, but a, a, a lot of the uh, talk has been, uh, or or some of the uh, posts on LinkedIn I've looked at is how do you dif- differentiate your uh, dealership? Mm-hmm. There's a lot how of that. Out, be, but... How are you going to be different? Now, now, how am I going to segue that into to what we're talking about? Well, my thinking is, is you have different. Customers, you have a heterogeneous uh, customer database. To to put it in a fancy term,
0: that's true. It's 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 your customers are
1: different. <laughs> uh, you just serve them, and you you'll be different. Like that's that's my thinking. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's um, that's what I find. So I think if if you have to use a, a rule of thumb, uh, if you don't have a, an in-house data scientist to look at the data and really uh, see where the drop off happens just use a 12 month or something but but look at look at the data a bit okay you'll see it if you stack it up in a certain way you'll see where where the drop off happens
0: and and i think for us to look at the data and to really make sense of it all is that uh we we have to start off with those goals and objectives right um, once we've clearly defined those then we start dig, 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 dig you know, it, it makes sense because the, the goal and objective is consistently giving us a direction into what data we should be looking at how we segment the data, so on and so forth um, I just hypothetically, let's say you're working with a new dealership, right? Yeah. I mean, look, the amount of low-hanging fruit can be astronomical in some cases, right? It's just literally every tons of opportunities what would you say would be, you know, the, the top three um opportunities or maybe goal and objectives that you would create you know for for a new dealership if you were working with them
1: Uh, so for a new dealership i I would look at and this is going to be a bit boring i would look at at at, at building a sort of a data dictionary i'd I'd look at how how their uh how their uh, uh technicians and service advisors service directors service staff basically is entering data into the system and I'd look at if, if they've changed versions or changed DMSs, how that's affecting. Hmm. And, and, and so that would be number one. And, and once I had that in place, I'd look at, you know, at these really core variables that you need for, for modeling. I'd look at, at calculating different, different variables that you can then use for, for modeling. Uh, and then number three, uh, I'd look at how do you use this data for marketing? What are the marketing systems you have and and what are the quick wins? So usually that, that means, uh, reducing churn, but it, it can, can be something different. It can be a, a simple service forecast, like how many days, uh, till they, uh, till, till they should be coming in for the next service, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, yeah. And, and and
0: would you say kind of that uh, initial marketing efforts are very one-to-one?
1: Yeah, could you uh, sort
0: of explain what uh, you mean? One-to-one, so directly. So email marketing or text marketing or just straight up picking up the phone.
1: Yeah, well, ideally, you would per- perhaps have a preferred uh, channel, right, in your mm-hmm. data. What, what would the customer, uh, how does the customer prefer to be uh, marketed to? Now I don't know what it's like uh, with the uh, uh, email uh, open rates in in North America at the moment, but that could be something quite simple. You could start with the email, perhaps. I'm curious um, how, how they suck here,
0: by the way. Email open rates. I mean, if I mean it varies on the dealership, obviously, and and uh, how clean their database is, and uh, if the database has been abused or not. But uh, it can range anywhere from. up to on the higher end, 25%, 30, maybe, um, you know, there's occasionally you'll find a unicorn. That's just, they were really good at capturing the data. They never really did it. they never really abused the data, the, the, the database and we can see open rates of, you know, North of 40. Uh, what kind of open rates are you seeing uh, where you're from?
1: Well, that also varies, but I think somewhere around the, the 40, if it's, if it's uh, relevant, so, I mean, yeah.
0: So, so you're a bit higher than, than
1: we are. Yeah, so I'd say, I'd say, still yeah. Still yeah. So we use a lot of email. Uh, okay. So that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, that's true. So, so email is still
0: viable over here. What about sure. text messaging? You guys do any well, a lot of text messaging marketing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Use that also. So lots of platforms that, that have those uh, integrated integrated as well. But I think, you know, the, the main point is you, you need to to communicate with the customer in time. Yes. So, so um, I think one of the cardinal sins is you, you know this stuff, uh, you should know how you have marketed before something happens, like before they leave. Have you previously sent out a campaign, communicated with them, done anything to prevent that from happening? And mm-hmm. if the answer is, well, I don't know, because I don't record uh, marketing actions here. I can't, you know, tabulate that stuff and then, then do that first. And, and I, I guess the brutal truth is that you need to have uh, sort of, you need to get your data quality. And, and if you're using a lot of different systems, like for the service department, you don't have everything, just one DNS. You need to look at sort of the concept of master data where you have If you have a customer that's in many different systems then that customer needs to be recorded uniformly so
0: you know i think the one thing that's kind of interesting the way we're talking about our database you can you can see if you guys are watching this video or listening to us speak is that uh both of us are putting a tremendous amount of value on this data and I, i hate to say it but i don't necessarily think a majority of dealerships really understand from a financial perspective what they're sitting on
1: yeah i think it's true i think one of the one of the catchphrases is that you've seen in in some of the vendor marketing is did you know you're sitting on a gold mine uh, so, I mean, there's uh, a truth to it, though. I mean, there really is. Yeah, I think I think that's there's a truth to it, definitely. And and one of the concerns I have if, if I'm going in, in into a new uh, uh, dealership is what's what's the data quality going to be like? Is it going to be shit? Probably. Uh, but but what can you do uh, even if it is? So low hanging fruit, not only in the sense that something that you can do quickly, uh, low hanging fruit in the sense that it's something you can do regardless of how good the data is you can add the, the marketing campaign stuff and, and you can you can build it out you can build out your data asset uh as time goes by but you would need to have something in place to to justify that investment so that's, well, that's my thinking
0: and i think that's kind of where we when we were talking earlier about you know if when you have those goals and objectives you know, really, truly defined. You may not know how necessarily to get to those goals and objectives, but if they're really defined, um, then the investment in, in into your data, it, I I, I kind of see it as a no-brainer.
1: no brainer. Yeah, it should be a no brainer, and you should have a sort of dollar value on your uh, customer database.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, because yeah. it's just if my, if my retention levels increase, my my turn rate lowers. Um, I mean. The what, how that positively affects not just revenue but also gross profitability um, is just so exponential. Yeah,
1: you know? it is. It's true. And 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 these sort of if you if you plot those functions mathematically, they're convex. That and that means uh, the lower your churn rate goes, if you lower it even more, just by a tiny bit, uh, and function. that yeah. <laughs> That can have huge profit potentials. It, it's 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 really you need to see it. You need to calculate it, you need to have those figures. I don't care if it's a simple model uh, and and it's not quite correct, it's better than nothing. You can work from that and and do more sophisticated stuff that that is more accurate, but but have something. Uh, there's there are no excuses. Well,
0: and, and I still think it's a point in the dealership that if someone is not trained on what to do with it, then they need to hire outside. Um, yeah. I kind of look at it also from the marketing side since we do so much marketing, right? I mean, when it, really when it comes to digital marketing, you know, we all have the same ingredients, but it's how we use those ingredients and how we layer the this, this soup and how we develop out those flavors and the nuances can vastly be different you know? Um, and it's, it's the same, it's the same thing with data. It, it you know, I, I hate to say it, but I think there's some truth to it. You know, um, the data is only as strong as whose hands it's sitting in.
1: That's so true. And, and, and a requirement for this kind of activity is that you have, if it's a small dealership and, and let's say the service manager or service director is responsible for marketing, they have to be sort of creative, right? They have to have an ambition, uh, But it it can be challenging. And and I think that brings perhaps something to the job. And uh, bigger dealerships will have marketing people or they will have outside help that can do the creative stuff with the data. But you do need the data for these types of applications.
0: You know, I mean, I think it would be beneficial for a dealer principal to invest in a whole dealership actually just investing the entire dealership's training efforts so that you know at least every manager has the fundamental understanding of you know what data points are actually within the dealership and then what could potentially be used you know, with that data, just, just the fundamentals. I mean, enough to understand so that if they work with their vendors or they hold their partners accountable, all right, that, you know, they're, they're, they're able to do so. But I just, I I find that, um, you know, we kind of said a little earlier, there's a lot of vendors out there. Um, there's a lot of snake oil kind of being sold, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, and it's, um, I think it's our fault as an industry that they exist because, uh, and, I, and I am going to blame us as kind of industry dealer principle wise, is because I don't think we've done a good enough job to invest in the training of our staff. So they fundamentally understand just the core relevance of what
1: those data points are. That's true. And I think one of the good points is that, you know, car business isn't an Island. Uh, the service department isn't an Island in, in, in automotive. But we treat uh, it like <laughs> yeah, that may be true, right? But it's it's part of that subset of, of services marketing. And, and when, when you're in services marketing, uh, you can catch up, you can read, you can sort of educate yourself on these things also. So, I mean, and, and of course, it takes leadership to have the training and so on. But the best thing would obviously be to have ambitious people that can sort of abstract a bit and, and get into it. And if you're a service advisor, at least in the States where it's a commission model, I've been listening to some of the podcasts and I have to say uh, with the, the numbers they're quoting, the, the pay some of these service advisors are getting, I'm like, what? How much? <laughs> like just huge amounts of, 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 of money they're making by by being intelligent, having the right texts, and, and being efficient. Yep. Imagine if you had a really rock star service advisor that could use data okay, I need to call this customer in, they have this need, I have something I need to tell them, you know, and then every day they have that process. I mean.
0: Oh, it's a huge difference. You know, one of the things I'm pushing for right now um, is really a a data driven culture. Okay. not just in the sales department, but also in the service department as well. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we have operated for years as an industry of really focusing on a what I call a, a superstar culture. Right? This happens mm-hmm. in the service department all the time. You know, you'll have six advisors or nine advisors up front, and there'll be two or three superstars, and the rest of them are like, yeah, you know, but we don't really do much about it. It's like we're constantly always trying to hunt for these. These mega stars, these superstars, right? Um, but we don't spend enough to actually collectively develop out the team as an entire effort. Do you see this happen as well?
1: Yeah, I think I think the point is, uh, or one point uh, in relation to this is, if you if you map it back to your your customer base, like your all of your customers won't be super loyal, uh, big spenders, right? Most of your customer base will be made up of of just basic customers that you can retain and Mm -hmm. and you need to have that bulk in place and you need to to fix that leaky bucket and and you fix it by using your 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 service staff you don't need rock stars for that part of the business right so you you need to have those people in place you need to have proper processes because people change jobs it's a fact of life Uh, and if you have the process and you have the data to support those processes, you'll be in a much better place. It's a big question, but I mean, that's, that's how I see it. No, no, no. I, I think
0: that's true pretty much here as well, right? You know, it's just, um, you know what I think it comes down to, the more I think about this is, uh, especially in the service department, it's just how intentful we are with our time. You know, I was talking to someone else earlier a little bit about this as well. And it seems to be kind of a consistent theme is that, you know, as service managers, we're we're really firefighters. You know, I mean, we walk, we walk into the dealership within, I I don't know, within 30 minutes of being there. There's like seven fires on our desk, literally in flames, you know, and we're trying to put out, you know, those fires. So the, the, I, I hate to say it, but you know, the, the excuse is, is that I'm not, able to be proactive in my efforts because I'm constantly having to be reactive. What's in front of me every day. But I think that at the core is just because we don't really schedule it out. We don't plan. We don't create a routine. Do mm-hmm. you see that? Do you see that happen as
1: well? I see that happen where uh, you, you have these uh, high points, uh, seasonal high points, right? Where, mm-hmm. where you have a lot of fires, but then, you know, you've been in business for a long time. You, you will have those like valleys, so how do, you, how do you keep a consistent? Like you have to have the calendar has to be filled to, to make profit consistently. So how do you fill those gaps? I mean, when there's more time in the service department, and if, if you're saying you're, you're a service manager and there never is any time, well, you know, that's a tough question. Don't uh, you <laughs> hate that? I just, I can't stand that when I hear that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, basically you need to map out your activities and not not just day to day. You need to map it out for the whole year, right? So what will be your development projects for like this fall, or what 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 will you develop this spring? Like stuff like that, or the next and, three months or something like that.
0: I mean the people the, the dealerships are good at doing that. I mean, you can see it in their data, right? Hmm. Like I, you, can see. I mean, I, I know that I can take a look at a PNL, and I know, I know when a dealer, when I know when a service department's healthy. You know, meaning yeah. that they're being intentful. You know that they are clearly have goals and objectives. There's a consistent line of growth, but nothing that's. And look, the funny thing in the service department, we're not looking for these big mountains and valleys, right? We're looking for just good old fashioned clean, consistent growth. Correct.
1: Yeah, correct. Absolutely correct. And, and to, to do that, you need to look at your your competitive environment also. I mean, who are you competing against and, and what are the sort of customers that you want to retain? I mean, you, you have you have all of the the cards, right? So you know play them right. I think that's great. That's, that's a great way to finish it off. It's you got the cards,
0: you know, play it right. Um, Henrik um, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. This was a lot of fun for, uh, for everybody that's listening to this and watching the uh, watching this and they would like to learn more about what you do and connect with you. You know, wh- what's the best way to do
1: so? So you can connect with me on, on LinkedIn. That's probably a good way. Um, I'm developing out my web pages now at examplecar.com. So my ambition with those web pages is to, to show more examples because this stuff can be quite sort of difficult. I know. And it's what I've found. It's quite difficult to provide easy examples of it. So, so those web pages are, are still under development, but yeah, you know, you can connect with me on LinkedIn and, and we can start a conversation. So, yeah, that's probably the best way.
0: That's awesome. Hey, uh, th- thanks again, Henrik, for taking the time. I know it's late. We'll let you, uh, we'll let you go to bed. But I, I really appreciate you taking the time to jam with me today.
1: Well, you too, Jason. Thank you very much. And I, I, I hope you have a, a great evening over there and, and uh, speak soon. Thanks. You too. Yeah. Bye.
0: We covered a bunch of great topics today. What stood out most to you? Be sure to let us know in the comment section below. And don't forget to like the post and share it to keep the conversation going. You can follow Jason on all social media platforms by following Strategy with Jason. You can find him pretty well everywhere you can share content. I hope we were able to get you thinking. And until the next time, this has been Nathan with Digital Dealership Solutions. Have a great day.